Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. We have a very special guest, Melissa Whitehead from our firm. Melissa, good morning. How are you? I am doing well, thanks. Happy to be here. Well, I'm so glad to have you. As many of you know, Melissa is part of our advice practice. She also does investigations and training and audits and a whole bunch of things. But today, we're going to talk about one of the new laws for 2024. Melissa and I will be doing our firm's 23rd annual legal update coming up. Our first session is the end of November, and then we have another one in early December. So we want to talk about paid sick leave. Now, Mel, here's the deal. This is Senate Bill 616. Didn't we already have mandatory paid sick leave? Why do employers care about this issue? We sure did. And employers care because we now have more mandatory sick leave. Uh, the basic rule of thumb would probably be to recognize that it's gone from, in general, wherever it said three days, 24 hours, it now says five days, 40 hours. Uh, so the gift that keeps on giving California mandatory sick leave. Um, Melissa, is it really mandatory? I mean, does every employer have to provide paid sick leave? Every employer has to provide paid sick leave. There's different ways to either accrue it or give a lump sum. Uh, what's an interesting issue that's been coming up already with some of our clients is this five days, 40 hours when it's been applied to part-time employees, for example, it's whatever is more. So if you've got employees who work half days, they're still going to get 40 hours a year of paid sick leave. So it, uh, is, it racks up quickly. So part-time employees get it. Full-time employees get it. What if you directly hire a temporary employee? Do they get it? They get it too. All employees who are working for a covered employer uh, will get this sick leave. Okay, so this is a benefit that has been around since July 2015, right? That's when we all started worrying about how people were going to write their policies. That's right. And it's interesting because there was a lot of press about this bill. And when the governor signed it, I think there was a little bit of not panic, but gosh, that's a lot of time. And it really is a lot of time, particularly if you're dealing with a part time employee. But here's the thing, Melissa. Why has this law been so confounding to employers? Because as you know, we field at least once or twice a day questions about California mandatory sick leave. And this was before SB 616, right? This was just regular old, wait a minute, are you sure I can't ask for a note? Are you sure I can't get somebody to cover themselves when they call out sick? What do you mean I can't discipline somebody? What do you mean I can't make them use the time? So let's just go backward in time a little bit so everybody's sort of with us on this. The legislature said, okay, you're going to give paid sick leave. Now, what do we do with an employer, Melissa, who has a PTO plan? So they have a leave plan or a time off policy that it's all in one, whether it's sick or vacation, or you just need a mental health day. It's all in one bank. What do they do about sick leave? The folks who have a PTO plan that lump everything all together, they don't have a separate paid sick leave plan, their PTO plan needs to comply with all the requirements of paid sick leave. That includes, as you just mentioned, the not requiring a note. Uh, it includes paying 
for the time that is sick leave, at least, uh, under the regular rate of pay. What gets tricky about that is theoretically, if you can, I say theoretically because I don't think I've seen a client do it right yet, but if you can find a way to designate the time folks take off on PTO for sick leave approved reasons, then you can pay just that under the regular rate of pay. Uh, but that's pretty tricky to do. And there's all the same, uh, like you said, you can't have people cover. Basically, you have to have the PTO leave follow all the rules of the paid sick leave, which also includes, by the way, then on the flip side, if somebody separates, you have to pay out all the unused PTO, including what otherwise would have been sick leave, which you don't normally pay out, obviously, when they uh, separate. Okay, so let's be clear about this for our listeners. You cannot carve out of a PTO plan a little bit of time that's just for sick pay, right? That's right. If it's PTO, the whole bank is going to be subject to the California mandatory sick leave rules. And that's called the Healthy Workplaces, Healthy Families Act of 2014. Now, let's talk about what that means, because as you said, maybe... Um, you could technically do a carve out, but you really can't. The whole bank is going to be used for sick vacation, whatever time off you want to um, consider it. Now, can an employer have a PTO policy or bank and also a mandatory sick leave bank that complies with the law so that the only bank that is covered by the California sick leave rules, the Healthy Workplace, Healthy Families Act, is that individual sick leave bank. Can they do that? Absolutely. And in fact, we typically would say that's the the better practice over just having one lump PTO policy. The PTO policy only needs to comply with the paid sick leave rules if it is being used to satisfy the paid sick leave requirements. So if you have a separate paid sick leave policy and then a separate PTO policy, it doesn't need to comply with the paid sick leave rules. Okay, so even though it's going to require more administrative work on the part of the employer, there may be a very good reason to just have a separate bank that is our California Healthy Workplace Healthy Families Act bank. It's We just give the minimum that is required by law, and then we do whatever else we want with our other uh, plans. And as you said, we have a lot of clients who have taken that approach. And our clients who have gone with the single PTO plan actually call us pretty frustrated when they can't discipline and when they have to pay out that entire bank at separation of employment. So that's certainly something to think about. Now, I want to go back to regular rate of pay, Melissa, because we've had a lot of discussion on this podcast about the regular rate of pay. Obviously, for our listeners, the regular rate of pay is the overtime rate. So number one, regular rate of pay is only an issue for our non-exempt employees, not our exempts. Number two, it's the rate you're going to pay overtime at. The regular rate times one and a half times is the overtime rate. The regular rate times two times is the double rate, okay, the double time rate. Now, What's interesting about that is there are a lot of different things that go into the calculation of the regular rate of pay. It's not just somebody's hourly wage, right? It can be a commission. It can be a bonus uh, that's non-discretionary. There are a lot of different items that can be included. What's interesting, I think, is that the labor code where the Healthy Workplace, Healthy Families Act sick leave lives 
says that we have to pay to non-exempt employees, we have to pay their sick time at the regular rate of pay, not their base rate of pay, unless we have a commission situation. So you can also go back and do a 90-day look back. But what most employers are doing is they are paying that sick leave at the regular rate. And actually, I shouldn't say that. They want to be paying it at an hourly rate. They're not paying it at the right hourly rate. They're not paying it at the regular rate. What is the confusion here, Melissa? You know, I, there's just a lot of confusion, I think, about regular rate of pay, period. We find that a lot in our audit practices that whether it's what to include or who to give it to or when to give it to, uh, folks, it's it's a really confusing area. Uh, and so I think that, you know, People just think of historically paid sick leave has always just been, I think that people pay it out at their base rate of pay. You know, it's only been how many, not that many years that they've had to start paying it at the regular rate of pay. And so I think some folks just flat haven't heard it, don't know it. Maybe they don't listen to uh, our podcast or read our blogs as regularly as they should. Uh, But you know, I just think there's uh, a lot of innocent errors. Most of the folks who I find not doing it flat out didn't realize they were supposed to. So when we talk about paying Healthy Workplaces, Healthy Families Act sick at the regular rate of pay, you're going to do that whether you have a PTO bank or a separate bank. But the difference is you don't have to pay all of the PTO at that regular rate of pay the way you would if you're using your PTO bank to meet your obligations. Because again, you can't carve the healthy workplace sick leave out of the PTO. It's all covered by those PTO rules. Um, Okay, so regular rate is important. So another thing that comes up, Melissa, is what information do we have to put on the itemized wage statement about this mandatory sick leave? What are the rules in that regard? That is funny that you bring that up because we see we've been seeing a lot of these issues on our wage statement audits recently that what you have to put on there is simply what is accrued and available. And it has to either be on the wage statement or on a separate document that you provide at the same time as payroll. So really, why wouldn't you put it on your wage statement rather than creating a whole separate document for yourself? Uh, and what a lot of times people do, what we see employers do is they put too much information, which frankly just increases the chances of getting something wrong. Uh, they're putting, they're trying to put how much was accrued per period, per pay period, or how much was used per pay period. All you need is how much is current, the total amount currently accrued and available for use. That's what needs to be on uh, the wage statement. Okay. So there are a lot of rules for employers to think about. We are going to cover these not only in our legal update webinar, but we're also having a specially designated webinar for these new paid sick leave uh, requirements next week. And one of the things that Melissa and I were talking about is for a lot of employers, they're seeing this as just a change in the time, the number of hours that employees are entitled to. But this is actually a great opportunity if you haven't been doing this correctly or you're policies are not written the way they should be to make that correction. Because you can say, oh, we have a new sick leave law that's effective January 1, and you're going to be able to roll things out, get the information put on the wage statement if you haven't already done that. There are a lot of fixes that you can make when you have a new law in the book. So we're going to talk um, at a, one of our upcoming podcasts about the need to update your employee handbook at least annually. 
and we'll talk to you about why that is. But this is definitely one of the things they're going to have to change in the handbook, right, Melissa? Because we've told them, and the law says they've got to have a policy on this issue. It's also in the Labor Code Section 2810.5 notices that are given to non-exempt employees, and that's also required by California law. So we're in a situation here where there's a lot of compliance that is related to this mandatory paid sick leave. What words of wisdom do you have for employers, Melissa, in terms of how they can comply with these requirements and how they can do their best to avoid liability? Do you have any hot tips for them? A couple come to mind uh, off the top. One would be to keep in mind that, it, like you just said, Jen, it can be easy to think, well, all I need to do is do a control replace in my handbook with three days for five days, 24 hours to 40 hours. But you need to also look through and extrapolate that to your accrual methods. If you have a cap, if you're looking at carryover, don't feel bad if you're blanking. As I say, these things we will cover it in our webinars. But you need to extrapolate these changes out to all the small details of your policy, in other words. So make sure you're reading it carefully and then thinking about how to implement it. Uh, And then the other one, which is, you know, something we say to clients all the time, not just in this context, but is really consistency. If you want to avoid liability, be consistent, apply your policy consistently to everyone, Uh, know the rules and follow them, you know, as our, our folks who listen to Jen's podcast and go to her webinars would say, treat everyone like they're your favorite employee, treat them equally and be consistent. Those are such good tips, Melissa. And it's one of those things I think that this law, as much press as it was getting when it was pending, we haven't heard a lot about it since it was actually signed by Governor Newsom. And I think a lot of folks have sort of moved on to um, some of the other new laws that are a little bit more challenging. One of them we'll talk about next week, this new workplace violence prevention Rule. Melissa, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. Everyone, do not forget you need to register for our legal update and also for this paid sick leave webinar. If you have any outstanding questions about mandatory paid sick leave, this is the time to get them answered. You can find all of our training sessions listed on our website. Melissa, thank you again. Have a great day. Thanks, Jen. Everyone, thank you for joining us. We appreciate your taking 15 minutes to hang out with us every Wednesday. If you have comments, suggestions, or feedback about the podcast, we're always open. We'd love to hear about it. Go out, have a great day, and do something nice for someone. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you here next time. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction. 